welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. So, uh, before I dive into this episode, I just want to say to those of you who are viewing this, not listening, but watching, you can see I got my little fan behind me. I'm still like red and flushed from my run, and it's like a thousand degrees up here in my in my office. So um, that's what's going on. I just got back from a run and I still look a little sweaty and flushed and my hair looks wet, but that's just sweat. Not to, that might be a little, little TMI for some of you, but that's what's happening, dear viewers. But thank you for tuning in. And listen is, you don't have to see my mug right now. So God bless, <laughs> God bless. So look at what I want to talk about today. I think I'm going to call this sucker the lens you look through. The lens, like L-E-N-S, like lens, like glasses, the lens that you look through. And I want to, um, I've been thinking about this for a couple of different reasons. So I want to dive into the, I always say, I, I, let me tell you the inspiration of, of how this episode came to be. Um, and there's a couple of things that happened. So number one, and I'll just show you. So right now I'm holding up my iPhone. And you can see maybe on the edges of this, the beveled edge of this, that on top of my glass, my regular glass phone, I have a glass cover that protects it. Okay. So <clears throat> the other day, I don't know where I was. I think I was getting out of my car or was after a run and I was taking my uh, phone out of my little spy belt thing that I keep my phone in when I'm out <clears throat> running and I dropped my phone. And when I picked it up, I was like, oh, shit, because there are like these cracks in the glass. But I realized that it was only my glass protector that was actually cracked. And it was cracked up in the upper left hand corner of one side and then down in the right hand corner of the other side. So while a ton of people would be able to happily continue using their phones like let me say it like this. It wasn't awful. It wasn't awful, but it was enough to bother me, right? It was enough to distract me. It was enough to ruin my experience, right? My particular brain, my particular preferences of how I like things. Now, I've seen people's phone. I have seen some people's phones and the actual screen itself is like cracked. And either they don't have insurance or for whatever reason, maybe they don't have the money to replace it or whatever the thing is, right? they just use their phone with a cracked screen. And it literally like pains me. Like some part of me just goes like, oh my God. Because for me, having to look through a lens that is that cracked and that distorted and that like just not soothing, um, 
that would ruin it for me. It would make it really uh, uncomfortable and not enjoyable for me to use my phone, which I'm not saying is necessarily even a bad thing, okay? So maybe having a cracked screen would have been good for me because it just annoyed me. And I was like, I don't even want to look at this thing. And that could have been a bonus. But so that's story number one. I'm looking through this lens that was cracked. And I was like, this is not going to do. I don't like how what I'm seeing looks through this lens. So that's clue number one. Number two, I started wearing my glasses more often. I don't have them on right now because I just got back from a run. So I have my contacts in, but I've been wearing my glasses more often. And it's so funny because um, it's amazing to me just how dirty your glass lens get just throughout the day. And whether it is like they get smudged because you somehow touch them or sometimes bunchy, <laughs> my little pug puppy bunchy will like when he gets excited and he tries to lick my face, he'll lick my glasses. They get smudged on him. And another weirdo thing is, you know, we've been eating some corn on the cob over here and you bite into corn and it's like, it's like your glasses get like <laughs> decimated. So what I noticed is too, when the glass, when my glasses lenses get dirty, I'm looking at the world from a different lens. Like I can't see as clearly. It is interrupting the information that is trying to get into my bean, trying to get into my big old knucklehead brain. You know what I mean? So I've been thinking about this concept, like same thing, like with my car windows, like I hate when car windows are dirty. Right? I hate when I can't see clearly. I think that's the thing. Here's something I've learned about myself. I hate when I cannot externally, physically see clearly. And I also am not a fan. Remember I did that whole episode about the hallway and being in the hallway. I am also not a huge fan of when I cannot see internally clearly. Like what's my next step? What's the next move? What? Like, what should I do, right? Like, so I'm a person who likes things really clear. And one of the things that I also realized is that I started asking myself this question after I started thinking about my phone screen, right? That lens. And then I started thinking about my glasses, like literally this thing that sits on my face and affects how I view the world. I was like, how many things in our life get ruined are affected by, that's another way to say it, right? Are affected by the lens that we're using, the lens that we are looking through. And so I will say this, as you can see now with my phone, I'm holding it back up, like no more cracks, right? Because I immediately was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Like I shouldn't say immediately. I tried to live with it for like a week. I was doing a little experiment to see just how much it would bug me. And by like day five, I started getting squirrely. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I went and I got a new one and I changed it. And I changed the lens that I was looking through. So now I have more clarity. Now I have more clear perceptions. Now I can see more better, as I like to say, bad grandma on purpose, right? I can see more better. And here's the thing. It only, other than driving to the store and getting it, I could have ordered one online. Maybe it would have been fast or whatever, but I knew that um, Best Buy had one that I wanted and it was on sale. So I went and got it. So other than that time, it took me two minutes, two minutes to change the lens. And it was like a whole new world. And it was fascinating because I didn't quite realize, like, even though I was aware that I was starting to get squirrely and it was kind of bugging me, 
it wasn't until the new one was in place, like literally when I peeled the old one off and I just looked at my phone screen with no cracks, I'm telling you something in my body, my physical body, like viscerally responded to it. I immediately like felt more light. I immediately was like, like I could feel how much better I felt not having to look through that crappy lens that I had been using to not have an obstruction in my view. And it got me to thinking about how taking two minutes to shift my lens changed everything. Like it changed my perception. It changed the way that I felt. It kind of made just feel like, like, you know, like, so much more became possible because I had clarity. And I know it sounds a little extreme, right? But when I tell you that I was like, oh, like, I was like, oh my God, this is so much better. This is so much better. And I have so many thoughts around what that realization, that feeling led to. And it got me to thinking about how it took me just two minutes to have like a whole, what is it? A whole new world, <laughs> right? Like you don't want me singing, but whatever Disney, whatever Disney cartoon, is that is that the Little Mermaid? I don't even remember. But it was like all of a sudden, like this whole new world became available to me because I wasn't looking through cracks. I wasn't looking through distortion. I wasn't looking through something that became clouded and I couldn't see clearly. And I was like, was it worth the two minutes and whatever it was, the 16 bucks that I spent? I'm like, double A men hands. Yes. So example number one. Okay. This is why I often say to my clients uh, to friends, to people who reach out to me and talk to me about, you know, what the work that I do as a, as a spiritual mentor, as a hypnotist, as a life coach, as an integrative change worker, as a yoga teacher, right? All these tools for transformation and change and support and, uh, you know, love, basically that's what they are. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Whenever I talk to people about creating a daily spiritual practice, like starting your day in the morning, getting right with yourself, getting right with the God of your own understanding, connecting with source or spirit or the universe or mother nature or your highest self or your highest power or the self with a capital S. I don't give a shit what you call it, right? But taking a little bit of time in the morning, five minutes of reverence, five minutes of ritual, five minutes of call it your morning routine, right? where you get quiet and you set your intention for the day, when you talk to or listen for through meditation, prayer, contemplation, whatever, because that is setting you up. Those two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, is basically setting you up to have more clarity throughout the day, to be looking through a lens, what I would say, a lens of love instead of a lens of fear. And this is why, as you know, as a Course in Miracles student for like gazillion years, like almost 30 years now, it's like that's so much of what the course is about, right? The course is about the attainment of inner peace. And one of the ways, though, that we start to develop that is by shifting the lens that we are looking through. So looking through the lens of love instead of the lens of fear, and so creating rituals and having, um, you know, a DSP, a daily spiritual practice is one of the most powerful things that we could do. And, you know, there's a great quote, I think it's in the Bhagavad Gita, but I've heard it in other spiritual traditions as well, uh, where they say that like no amount of effort is ever wasted on the spiritual path. 
no small, it doesn't matter how small, like even in A Course in Miracles, it says all you need is like the tiniest bit of willingness, like a mustard seed's worth of willingness. You know what I mean? Like to to kind of um, be present, to be present for yourself and to spend some time in the morning going online, as I call it, getting into alignment, right? The assignment is alignment. So getting into alignment with the truth of yourself, with your core values, with who you really are, and what you really believe before you go out into the world, before, for the love of God, for the love of God, before you pick up your phone in the morning, before you read the newspaper, before you turn on the news, before the outside world has a chance to bombard you with all its traumas and its dramas and its tragedies and its stress and its hurry and its hustle and all the demands. If you can take some time in the morning to get a little more clear you know, when you wake up in the morning and you get like those little crusties in the corners of your eyes and you either like rub your eyes or you splash water on your face because you're trying to remove that film, that crust, that stuff, right? It's why like contact lenses, there are solutions that you can soak your contacts in to remove the debris, to remove the protein buildup because there's a buildup that happens in this human experience. There's a heaviness, there's a coating, there's a film. It's almost like there's a veil. And this is what we talk about in kind of the spiritual, in those of us who are, are, are doing spiritual work, right? We talk about how there's a veil between this world and the real world, between this illusion and reality, from, from moving from the unreal to the real, from fear to love, right? From, from, from deception, from the untruth to the truth. And part of it is kind of wiping away this thing, this lens that gets in the way of us seeing clearly, you know, and what the eyes are doing is like, the eyes are like, they're just the windows. They're not the, the eye, like we know human eyes don't really see. Human eyes don't really see. It's the brain that sees. It's the brain that sees the image that the eyes are like letting in with light and then it's bouncing off the brain and then the brain is collecting data and it's also sorting. We get those we get those little guys up there in their filofax system, right? Their little Dewey decimal system and they're interpreting what the window to the to the soul, right? What the windows, the eyeballs are seeing. And so if we are not looking through a clear enough lens, we get distortion. There are cracks in the way. We cannot see ourselves clearly. We cannot see our, our loved ones, our friends, our family in this world, each other clearly. And so the lens that we're looking through, right? It, it It's like the lens that we look through is going to determine everything. So let me say this. I'll tell you. So younger version of me back in high school. Right. Even though on paper, I'm not even going to say on paper because on paper that might have been questionable, but like um, outward appearances, let's put it that way. Outward appearances. Right. Other than like, yeah, my mother was dead. But you would think like, oh, you know, like things were going good. I was, uh, you know, I was an, an athlete. I was uh, a captain of the cheerleader, student council, voted most popular, blah, 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 blah. Dating one of the most popular guys in the school. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, all that stuff. So what I'm saying is from the outside, it looked like things were pretty good. But if you had asked, if you had asked, right, my teachers, if you had asked, especially Miss Kay Lefebvre, if you had asked Miss Lefebvre about my attitude, right, 
like sophomore-ish year. I got a little better. I got a little better as time went on. Um, but she was one of the first people to teach me about positive mental attitude, PMA, because I had kind of a shitty attitude, you guys. I kind of hated everything. I was really, it was because I was suffering because my mother was dead. I miss my mother. She was my safe place in the world. I was living with strangers and I was just like completely overwhelmed and suffering. And I was angry and I had no place to put that angry because I was also a people pleaser, right? There was all these things going on. So my point is this though. I used to say like, I hate everything. I hate everything. Everything was stupid. Like everything was stupid and I hated everything and everything was hot. And like, I had an attitude problem. <laughs> God bless younger me. I'm patting my face. God bless younger me. She was trying so hard. She was trying so hard, you guys. But I was looking at everything through this lens of everything sucks and everything is hard. And I'm going to do a whole podcast about this, but I was laughing the other day. Because my senior quote underneath my senior picture literally says, nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. So it kind of gives you an insight into, and even though I believe that in some ways on the human plane, that is wise and true. I just think like, what was a 17 year old? Why, why, why was that? Why was that my thing? It, it gives you an insight into how my brain was working at the time. So here's the thing, though, when we're looking through that lens of fear, because that was me looking through a lens of fear, it makes everything else so much harder. There was so much more separation between myself and other people, between myself and what was possible. Right. So there's a reason why when I was teaching. So I used to people asked me for a really long time to do a class on A Course in Miracles. And I, I just kept, they're like, will you lead a group? Will you lead a class? And literally for years and years and years and years, I was like, no, no, and more no, because Course in Miracles people can be extra weird. And I'm like, I'm not here to interpret this thing for you. Like a lot of people, like, like, you know how like a lot of people love to interpret the Bible and then cram their idea and versions down people's throat. I had no, I was like, nope, right in A Course in Miracles, it says, this is a self-study program. But what I realized is, is that some people just wanted other people around while they were trying to figure out what the course meant for them. And I was like, okay, I'm willing to do that. But this is going to be like more like a discussion. Like, yeah, I'll lead it. But I want you guys to participate and to interact. This is not a situation where I'm going to be a talking head and just talking at you. I want you to tell me what you think as well, right? So that's how I kind of, that's the deal that I struck. But one of the things that I did was I used to say to them all the time, you got to put your love glasses on. This is what the course is asking of us. Now, not, the course doesn't say that technically. I'm just saying the course is asking us to see, to, first of all, listen for the voice of love that lives within us, the voice of spirit or Holy Spirit or whatever you want to call it, the voice for God, right? The voice for love is what I call it. Right. And I, I call it all kinds of things. But if, if the G word, if the God word freaks you out, think of it as the voice for love. And we know that voice, you guys don't we can't act. Come on. We're grown ass adults. We can't act like we don't know when the voice for love is speaking to us. And it's like saying we know what the right thing is to do here. It's just that we're our ego is being stubborn. Our ego is having a little temper tantrum. It doesn't want to do it or listen. Right. But I used to say to them all the time. 
we are being asked to put on our love glasses. And one of the participants, one of the people who used to come to that class, um, went online and found these really cute different kinds of glasses. And they were all, like shaped like hats, right? They were all, like put in, they were like, put on your love glasses. It was the cutest thing. And this is what we're being asked to do, you guys, because how we are viewing um, ourselves in the world, right? It's like, all you have to do is go inside. And of course, in miracles is a line that says the world is an outward picture. It is an outward reflection of an inward condition, meaning what we're seeing and experiencing out there is a reflection of what's going on in the inner mind. And I know this. This is why we say in A Course in Miracles that a miracle is a shift in perception from fear to love. So have you ever thought about somebody in a very particular way where like you didn't like them or you're like, blah, 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 you had your opinion about them? And then uh, then you got some new information, <laughs> right? Like somebody tells you a story or you realize something or you got more facts. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh, and then your whole perception of them shifts in an instant, in an instant. It's like there's a holy instant and you recognize, oh, and you see them so differently. You see them maybe with more clarity or more compassion, more kindness, more curiosity instead of your ego judgment. And it is literally like all of a sudden, it, again, it's like the veil lifts, the veil of separation lifts. And we also, it was like when my phone got that new cover and it was like, oh, you know, you know that old song, I can see clearly now that the rain is gone. Yeah, because sometimes the clouds come in and it's as if they are blocking the sun. It is if it's like it's like when the amygdala in your brain gets gets turned on, right? When the fear center gets turned on and we can't actually access the prefrontal cortex of our brain where good decision making happens because we've been hijacked. We are now running operations from this fear place through the fear lens. And it's like when we use tools to calm our nervous system, when we use practical tools, which I teach all my clients, right, of how to stop anxiety in its tracks, how to bring ourselves back online to the parasympathetic nervous system so that we can calm the fuck down for our own well-being. I say that in a funny way because if anybody needed that shit, it was me first, right? So I learned these things to help myself and to be able to pass them on to my clients and, and stuff like that. So when we can start to calm down our nervous system, we actually become more resourceful. We actually become more helpful. We actually can do stuff, right? And we can see from a different lens. So our creativity turns back on. Our good decision-making turns back on. We have more clarity. We can see more possibility, right? Rather than just hitting like, like the red button, like let's go to war, nuclear launch. Like we want to be able to have reasoning capacity. We want to be able to have good, good sight, right? Good clarity, good thinking. And so if we're looking through a lens that is muddied by our fear and by our ego and by our history and by our trauma, we're not going to be showing up and be looking for love. Do you know what I mean? We're not gonna be looking for other people's innocence. We're not gonna be looking for the fact that there might be another side to the story. We're not gonna be interested in learning about people who look, look different than us. 
or have different religious views or different points of view or political, like, do you know what I mean? And this is where all this separation happens because we're looking through a lens that is not the love lens. It is the fear lens. And the other thing that I want to say too, is that, you know, a friend and I were talking the other day and I might do a whole other episode on this, but they made a comment and I know double A men hands, just raise your hands if, if you can relate to this thing. But they said something to the fact that like, oh, well, my in-laws or this part of the family or and I and I'm going to do this is kind of like a mix of a different people. You could apply this to your siblings. You can apply this to your family of origin. You can uh, apply this to your in-laws, whoever. And you utter something that sounds like this. They just can't see me. They don't get me. They don't understand me. I'm the black sheep. I'm the outcast. I'm I'm on the island of misfit toys, right? This is why so often I create the kind of groups and stuff that I create because a lot of the people who come to work with me, they do feel like they're the misfits, the weirdos, the crazy ones, the outcasts, the, you know, the outsiders, the island of misfit toys because they are often the highly sensitive ones. They are often the highly creative ones. They are often the spiritual ones. They are often the ones that want to transform and change. They're not there to quote unquote fix themselves, but they know that they want to show up as their best selves, whatever that is. And they are in environments where that's not really possible because the people around them not only don't see them, they can't see their own selves clearly. So if somebody wants to try and grow and change and find their purpose and and uh, transform stuff, they're like the crabs in the pot that don't want you to grow. They don't want you to go. They don't want you to grow. They don't want you to change. And you're not really allowed to do that in their presence. So the, the, the reason why I'm talking about this here about lenses is we cannot change the lens through which people choose to view us through either. And some of you may have felt like you've been put in a box by your family of origin or the city you grew up in or the kinds of people you grew up around or the kind of people at your job or whatever it is where you just feel like, oh, these motherfuckers don't see me at all. And they're not able to because they're not interested in changing the lens through which they are viewing you. And this is why it's really, really important when you are a person, it can feel so maddening. It can feel so frustrating when you are somebody who is like, I know I have a purpose. I know I have potential. I know that there's more for me. I know that I'm designed and meant for more, but you don't have a community or a group of people around you that support that lens and that vision that you're trying to see yourself through. And it's honestly one of the reasons why I created, right? Originally my membership, but now I've, I've got the alchemy my group coaching program. And I'm only taking 12 people because I want it to be intimate. I want it to be deep. I want to be able to dive into, right? Your purpose and who you are and why you're here and the, the patterns that you're trying to interrupt and the habits you're trying to change and the new empowering beliefs that we want to create in your subconscious using all the tools that I use like hypnosis and coaching the conscious and unconscious mind and spiritual mentoring and yoga and somatics and, and breath work and nervous system work. It's why I created the alchemy. It's why I have retreats. It's why I do one-to-one -one work in the quest because I know what it's like to be that person who's like, I don't have an environment where I can actually thrive and grow. And I want to be around people who are doing the same kind of stuff.
people who are curious about this, people who, who do want to show up. And I will tell you this, when you are trying to grow and change, one of the greatest things that you can do, I just wrote about this in my email that came out. Um, for, if you're listening to this last week, where James Clear, James Clear has this incredible quote. And actually, I'm going to see if I can pull it up so I can read it to you. Um, this is what he says. He says um, in his book, his best-selling book, Atomic Habits, he says, we soak up the qualities and practices of those around us. And one of the most effective things you can do to build better habits is to join a culture, which I would say also a group or a community, right? To join a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. And what he's saying is, is if you're trying to change into something, whether maybe it's more self-integrity or more um, accountability, or you're trying to show up as your best self and you want to have better habits, what you want to do is not hang around with your fucking slacker friends, not hang around the ones with no vision and no curiosity and no desire to grow or to change or to read things or to understand themselves better. You want the people who are on the path who are on some sort of a journey of self-knowledge and self-awareness. You want to be around the people where those behaviors, those questions, that curiosity, those qualities of humanity and divinity are commonplace. They are normalized. Like, oh yeah, me too. Let's walk along beside each other. Because your environment and this world right now is not designed for us to like, like in your day to day, it's usually not designed for you to thrive, for you to grow, for you to get more freedom, for you to ask a lot more questions. It's not like people are championing you and celebrating you and cheering you on. And I like to create places like that. I like to create spaces like that and bring in really good people because we're all trying to wipe away, right? This crust, this, 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 the, 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 the shit that gets in our eyes where we cannot see clearly and the lens that we are seeing through, you know, that old saying that she saw the world through rose colored glasses as if that was a bad thing. Right now, I understand why, what people mean by that. I think there's strengths to that. And I think it also doesn't mean that we, we don't turn our eyes away from the hard stuff. We don't turn our eyes away from the injustices and the racism and the homophobia and the and all the isms, all the stuff that, that all the systems of oppression, all the bullshit, right? We don't turn away from that. But if we don't also believe in something powerful that can change, and I think people underestimate the power of love all the time. I think that people think love is too soft and too cuddly and too sweet. And I think love is fierce as fuck. I think love is one of the most powerful motivators that there is. So for me, like that's the lens I want to look through. And I circle back to that original question. How many things in our life get affected by the lens that we're looking through? You know what my answer is? Everything gets affected by the lens that we're looking through. And I want to more and more and more be looking through a lens of love. That doesn't mean I'm blind 
to the hard stuff, to the difficult stuff. We have to bear witness to those things. And we have to bear witness to ourselves and our own bullshit and our own brilliance. We have to look at our blind spots and we have to look at the places where we are just really fantastically brilliant, right? So it's not like we just want to walk around like, oh, everything's fine, right? I'm looking through a lens of love. That's not what I mean. Because I think love looks honestly and compassionately, but love is looking for the innocence. Love is looking for, love is looking for the thing beyond the form, the form of this world, the things of this world. We're looking for what's beyond that. What I would call the real, like capital I and the capital S self. But if we don't, if we're not willing right? To take a look at, like to really just sit down with ourselves, like so much, like so many of the calls to action or the invitations, like on my podcast is an invitation to just get to know yourself better, to get to know what it is to be you in this world and how you being you, as I jokingly say, the consequences of being yourself, right? So these are always invitations to take a look at yourself and to say, yeah, how have I been looking at everything lately? Have I been looking at the world through it? Everything sucks. Everything is hot. It's all bullshit. We're all going to die anyways. Who cares? Right. As we see, as we see the temperatures rising and rising and rising and the funky stuff going on, like people look at, I can't even, I can't even, if, if you're a person, I'm like, I, if you are like a climate change denier at this point, I don't even know why you'd be listening to my podcast. Cause I just can't with people about people be peopling with that bullshit. But you know, it's like, but we're not going to find the solutions to these problems. If we're looking through the lens of everything sucks and it's never going to change and there's nothing we could do. We need to be looking through new lenses. We need to be able to also be calming our nervous systems down so we can access the smarty pants parts of our brain that can discover these things. And I, like I said, I'm going to do a whole podcast, a whole podcast on that. So here's the thing, you guys. Um, I hope this was helpful for you in some way. Um, if you are listening to my podcast, but you are not yet on my email newsletter list, I would highly recommend if you are a loyal listener, come on over, come on over to the fun, right? Get on my email list, karenkenny.com slash sign up, because those are the folks that find out everything first. Like if you're just hearing about the alchemy now, those folks heard about it already last week because I sent out the email because the people who are in my close circle, in my little family of sorts, uh, they find out the fun shenanigans first. So I'm only taking 12 people for my new group coaching program, The Alchemy. Uh, two slots are already taken, but I've heard from five or six others who I'm actually uh, answering once I get done doing this. I'm going to report back. So my, I have a sense that it's probably going to fill up and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a four-month program. And I can tell you more about it um, if it's something that you're interested in. If you are interested in the power of collective learning, because there's something that is so powerful when a group of people get together and they're moving towards this, um, they're moving towards kind of like this idea, as I said it, as I said it in my email, I said, imagine a whole group of people getting together in service to and with attention and intention to bring out the best and the highest in each other in a positive and supportive way. So that's like one of the hot beats of this work. So if you're interested in that, just send up a flare. 
shoot me an email, Karen at KarenKenny.com. You can DM me, like whatever, however you can find me, shoot me a message, send up a flare, and we'll see if it's a good fit for you. And like I said, I'm only taking 12 people and because I want to keep it, um, I want to keep it intimate and I want to be able to um, coach everybody on the calls when they happen. Um, so you guys take this opportunity to ask yourself, like, are my glasses dirty, right? Is the lens that I've been looking through not very clear? Have I been neglecting my attitude, my internal attitudinal muscles, right? My internal attitude, because that sucker is going to reflect out there. And also in some way, we have to not just accept, but also embrace the fact that not everybody is going to be looking at you through a generous lens. Not everybody is going to be looking to see your brilliance. They love to just focus on your bullshit. We can't control the lens through which others look at us through. All we can do is to do our best to keep ourselves, right? To keep ourselves polished, as I say, <laughs> to keep our own lens clear. And whatever those people are going to do, they're going to do. You find the people who see you, who support you, who hear you, who celebrate you, your balcony people, right? And that is, again, one of the heartbeats of the alchemy is to be around people who do champion you, who do cheerlead you, who do um, collectively see your brilliance. And they'll also challenge you, right? In, in a compassionate way. I don't mean in a hostile way at all, but we want people who can see um, who we really are. And that's one of the greatest things that I can do as a mentor is to hold the vision of you as you really are. As I always say, happy, healthy, healed, whole, and holy, right? A whole version, your, your best self. And then to invite you into that vision. And so you guys, that's what I've got for you for this week. So remember, start your day with a little DSP. Start your day with a little daily spiritual practice, a little ritual of reverence. Remember, no amount of effort is ever wasted on the spiritual path. Think of it like compound interest. So that's what I've got for you today. I appreciate you so much. I love you. Thank you for listening. If you're new here and you can hear the sound of my voice, thank you for listening all the way to the end. Um, I am, um, like I said, hit me up, send me, send up a flare. Let me know if you're interested in any of the things that I mentioned today, getting on my email list coming to the retreat in November. It's going to be amazing. It's a four-day transformational retreat called Own Your Magic. Or if you're interested in The Alchemy, which is my group coaching program, or working with me one-to-one -one in The Quest, my one-to-one -one program. Always love to hear from you guys. I hope you have an amazing day. Remember, wherever you go, wherever you go, leave yourself, leave the environment, leave the animals, leave the people better than how you found it. Wherever you go, May you being there be a blessing. Put on your love glasses. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. 
And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Blessing.